Mike, turn your games down. Hi, welcome to our comic episode Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubberton, and who's trying to kill the Shredder with me tonight? Cyber Ninja Red Fox. And welcome. And we are bringing you the long-anticipated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin comic. So finally getting to it. I also did not realize this thing took two years to come out for five issues. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a nice span. <laughs> I don't remember it being two years. That's accurate. October, the publication date is October 2020, and then the last is April 2022. Holy hell, I did not realize that. I was following it the whole time, but I don't remember it being that it long. It took them two years to publish five issues. <sighs> I mean, when you think about it, it's the equivalent of like 10 these are some are more because these these comics are pretty damn long. Uh, I don't. I mean, they are a little bit bigger, I think, but I don't know if I go that far. But I mean, that, that's fair. I mean, they are bigger, but still, like, just that's a long time. Let's see how many pages? Looking, yeah, about double. Oh, they're about forty pages. Forty six ish. Okay, yeah, that, okay, that is double, yeah. But still, just that's a long. Well, I'm, I'm guessing COVID probably played a part in this too. Wait, no, October. Eh, yeah, there might have been shortages <laughs> of the paper at that time or something, or who knows? But I mean, I just. Had- rem- Covid that delayed things, I'm sure. Yeah, I feel like it feels like so long ago, even though it wasn't that long ago. Covid, <laughs> but it feels so long. I just remember with this is people were talking about this for years before it even came out when they first announced it, and I remember that. I remember it being a big deal. Oh, who's the last Ronin? And I was like, I, I don't care. I'll read it someday. Well, and, back then you weren't. I don't think into turtles as much as you are now. No. When did we actually start digging into it more? We did, oh God, we did change this constant, the first art, I want to say 2020, but I didn't really, and then in 2021, we did the next arc, I think, or it might have been 2021 and 2022, I don't remember, but it wasn't until this year in 2023 when I really got it, when me and you came back to it, then I got really into Turtles. That's what did it. And since then, I've just been into Turtles. So it, it took a little bit to grab me. Hey, look at you now. <laughs> yeah, that's your fault. But- <laughs> You, you got me fully back into Turtles, where I just, yeah, need more Turtles. So I just wasn't super interested in this. And then I do remember there being a big, big deal about being, oh, who could, you know, who's going to, who is the last Ronin? And I, so I had thought, you know, we don't find out till like, late in the series, but. So, spoilers for anybody that <laughs> did not... was super late on this? <laughs> it's in the first damn issue. Yes, it is. They made a big deal about it. I remember, like, in random Facebook, probably CBR posts and things, but I was like, so it must have been all before it came out then is probably what it was. I mean, even when it came out, people were kind of throwing it out there. They, they, like, the internet was being super protective over the reveal. Because even then, I knew who it was because I read it right away, but when I read articles about it, they were being very careful of uh, actually naming the, per- the the turtle. Okay. I just vaguely remember stuff because I wasn't really paying a lot of attention but of course, you know, I, I live in the internet, so I'd see stuff. But I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. Like, I've, I've seen the cover. I do like the cover where you see a turtle wearing a, a hooded a hood <laughs> and has all the weapons on his back. Black bandana. If you, if it didn't have a title on it, you would almost think, like, is that one of the normal turtles? Is that Slash? Like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, that's fair. Yeah, it could have been Slash. I mean, you wearing black bandana, you know, or even Leo from the IDW. Oh, yeah. Run. <clears throat> when he went to uh, the the dark side. <laughs> so is this part of any existing canon? The last uh, one. I'd, I'd have to say no. So I, when I went through this run, I was looking for a lot of clues. It looks like yes and no. They took some elements from the current run, but also kind of 
differed that a little bit. Like um, when it came to the um, how Shredder ended in ID, IDW, uh, that seems to be continued. Um, what I kind of w- was a little jumbled on is when in one of the later issues, obviously when uh, Shredder or Shredder, I mean Splinter goes to um, Japan and they they know him, you know, as if he's been there for a long time. And then they they uh, they also mention like the turtles. Um, origins a little bit in here it sounds like it's different than idw so i'm I'm unsure okay i know somebody had told me they thought it was like the end of mirage but i don't think that's it too well it, it, if it was the end of mirage nah it still wouldn't line up either because uh splinter didn't have uh, anything to do with shredder's death in in mirage run okay it, yeah it just kind of i'm assuming this is kind of supposed to be like its own continuality type thing which I'm fine with. I, even if they Same. they took a couple different, what do you want to say, like un- universes and meshed them together, I don't give a damn, as long as it makes sense. <laughs> it's turtles. It's, yeah. I mean, they like is, to play with turtles. This is its, I, to me, it's its own universe, and I think that's the way it should be, and that's the way it should stay. I, I think it will. I think, especially now with everything they're doing, with more with adding to the last Ronin, it's very much its own thing. Uh, one of the other big deals about this is this is written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird and Tom Waltz, but the original creators came back for this. Hell yeah, and I'm happy they did. You can and you see uh, Eastman's oh, art yes. in some of this stuff. Uh, obviously, the writing reflects it a lot. The grittiness is back to a very high extent. <laughs> yeah, it worked out that very well that way. Yeah, it definitely has that feel of early turtle stuff that people don't realize is very gritty and not as happy friendly as the cartoon wanted you to think. Right. And like the way it, the way the first issue opens up is you just have a random turtle you don't know who he is just heading to New York because does it even say what he's doing? Well, it does. Not yet. Mention he's in a bunch of doo doo water, so it's kind of setting this, <laughs> kind of setting the scene as far as uh, the as far as the current state of the world or and or New York. Yeah, and the first the first part is called "Wish for Death." Yeah, yeah that essentially is yeah shit water just walking. <laughs> Pretty, I mean, much more than shit, I'm assuming as well. I mean, this, nobody's maintaining that. Yeah, it's just polluted. Uh, you know what I, I do like about this? And I, and when you mentioned Laird and Eastman and, and that old style feel, when you go down to and it shows the, 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 that island and, and it says Wish for Death, it looks fucking amazing. It reminds me of like that retro <laughs> 80s synth wave. Like synth wave should be playing in the background. Like I really love the aesthetic of this entire run it just takes me back to like and even even later on uh when you when you see the main villain in his suit when it's when you don't see the liquid metal you see like the the version before that it looks like a tron yeah. outfit we'll get to that later but it, oh. it's very fitting of this you know what i mean okay yeah i didn't even think about that i, I, think that's the, I feel like they were going for a very gritty post-apocalyptic apocalyptic 80s retro feel no, that's fair. That's completely fair, and it definitely feels like that all over. I mean, it's supposed to be that the turtles have lost. I mean, you don't get you don't get much information when this starts, but I think pretty quickly you realize that everybody else is dead. How quickly? Yeah, because you already start seeing him talk to other people or talking to himself within the first couple pages, and then I think he's talking about how he's trying I'm trying to see when it says. Okay, oh, this shows him breaking into New York, and then he he steals a motorcycle, all the Terminator style. That's what I kept thinking of. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it if that's what they were going for. Let's not uh, forget to mention that they have flying cars, even though he's on a ground vehicle. <laughs> Everything else is floating in the goddamn air. So it's kind of giving you a an idea of how far in the future this all is. 
I mean, we. I, I feel like even this is like considering other characters now old they are, we still won't have flying cars. <laughs> uh, no, probably not. I mean, Jetsons thought that was going to happen in real life here by twenty what? <laughs> like in our lifetime, didn't happen. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, we're not. We bear, we can't even get self driving cars if people are too much of idiots. Yep. So <laughs> not happening. I think they could make. I mean, they, you know, they already proven they can make self driving car. The problem is that the company would take all the blame for idiots. So it's easier to. Put I, I think they idiots. they. They do have a prototype flying car out there, but I mean, it's to mass produce that probably won't be in our lifetime. Or if it is, uh, we'll be very old, kind of like April in this issue. <laughs> I don't see it happening, but yes, <laughs> we would be very, very old. <laughs> I just can't see people doing that. Just idiot. That seems too far for me. Yeah. It would be cool. Too far. And there's something that I thought that were really cool, like in the beginning, when he does steal the motorcycle, you end up finding out that he steals it from somebody ma- named Joan. And of course, I figured that's what they're going for is Casey Jones, somebody related to Casey Jones. What I figured it was. And and they still, I don't think, uh, show that the other the brothers are dead just yet. Um, um, there is sh- one shows scene, a few panels with them. There's one panel where you see the three turtles behind him talking to him, but you don't really know they're. You kind of can assume they're. Maybe you yeah, don't so know they're, they're dead. dead yet. I don't. I don't know if they mentioned it yet. I mean, without reading every word, don't think they. No, because when he's walking through the shit water, you also see little air bubbles behind him where it looks like somebody's like looks like people are following him. Mm, Okay. You see a little thing sticking out of the ground that could and you see like mounds, so it could look like he's being followed. Then you don't see them. Then you see them. Yeah, they don't explicitly tell you that they're all dead yet. This is where he steals the bike and it shows him below a fucking tanker truck. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do like some of that stuff. I like how violent he gets in this. That's this whole damn thing is violent. Oh, God, yeah, yes. <laughs> like mirage no, turtles. When when I pitched this to you initially, that's one of the main selling points that I threw out there is that this is a very adult, very real, very throwback. It's it was meant for our age group, and oh yeah, even even younger ones can enjoy this for what it is. But we can truly appreciate this because we lived through a lot of this. We this this was a lot of our media back then. And it just has very much of that, like, futuristic 80s vibe of what they think the future was going to look like in the 80s. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It brings us back. It brings us back to, you know, when people who grew up with TMT, like, you can you can definitely feel that's what they were going for. I I do want to mention they they got a cameo in here. If you go back up uh, to where Jones is being told that her bike is stolen, there's a nice cameo from Barrett uh, from Avalanche in here. Oh, you talking about the guy in the front? Yeah, scrape. <laughs> He's just missing he his gun arm. Doesn't like him. Just with no uh, gun later arm. on, later on, they he looks because mu- I didn't even think about it at this point. But as the the book went on, and they showed him a few more times, it's like man, fucking that guy reminds me a lot of Barrett. You know, with the mohawk and stuff, it's more prominent. Even though Barrett, I don't think really has a mohawk, but he just reminds me a lot no. of him. Okay, and you have a guy that. Has like a Cyclops looking mask on too in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's you know also, he's wearing right now, but he's wearing blue later on, just like Cyclops. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, that's kind of cool. That also reminded me of Dark Knight Returns, because some of the like the gangster Dark Knight Returns wear that same kind of mask or faceplate. I don't know what so the hell still wearing that outfit though. Like that's not even close to what she does later. It was so weird, like because that's what I found. Like she never wears that hat again, or the face paints, or yeah, any of that trash she's got on it's like they were went with one decision and they're like oh well by the time we get to issue two you know in six months from now we'll change <laughs> yeah the, these exact characters we mentioned like actually kind of do vary up just a little bit well hurt the most what happened when you have two when you take two years <laughs> to write a book 
right. you have time to get feedback <laughs> for six so, issues or five issues. So what we're supposed to understand is that this turtle is is making a beeline for this particular building in this dystopia New York City. Yes. You don't even know what he's doing exactly. You just see him take out some guards that he thinks are robotic and finds out that they're like cyborgs, essentially. He says at one point when he's climbing the wall, he says, I'm going to make damn sure of it to f- time to finish this. But it doesn't really say what. OK, I do like the realization when he takes out one of the robo guards and he sees that it's a human inside the armor. But that is more synthetic than human. I, I do like that. It also reminds me a lot of the 87 turtles. Oh, yeah. They, they, robots they, and- they did have a mix of that in here. And we'll see as as this book goes on is that um, they have those purple foot ninjas uh, robots uh-huh. uh, from the 80s and I, I thought that was a cool nice little throwback or easter egg i did too and and even after he finds out that they're robots he cuts off heads of them <laughs> a just, little bit later not give a shit i mean at this point for when you see what kind of uh brutal history this guy has had to endure i mean you get he's like oh that's why he's doing that oh god yeah you you realize really quick i do like how at first, they're fighting with swords. In the first couple panels, you see them. And then pretty quickly, the robo guards pull out guns like, no, no, we're just going to start shooting them. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to mention, there is a hint as to just how durable the turtles have become, or at least this particular one. one. When he's making a uh, a plan to, or an action to actually like uh, climb up to that upper part of the building, and he throws dynamite into the, the that ga- that fuel station. Yeah. He uses the blast to just propel himself upward, and he doesn't really suffer any damage. No, he's fine. I I like the idea that they have evolved a lot, or this turtle has evolved and is much more durable than what they would have been in anything else we read. Which they they do cover, and you can see it, it especially later on when he he has a lot of the stuff off, like just how much that has uh, progressed. How bulky he is, too. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. (laughs) I mean, he's, he's much bigger. And you get introduced it, to the f- the current Araku because it's not Araku Saki because Shredder's dead. Kyrie, you don't isn't a you you don't know where Kyrie is at this moment. You just get you just see that this is her son and he's in a tower and and he's talking about how there's st- I think he knows yeah because um this whole point the the Ronin's been trying to get through the to- get through the city to get to the tower and it's all built higher up and remind me a lot of Midgar like he's going up the different plates. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost like I, I don't know if Tom Waltz had more of a like push with that because I doubt Eastman and and Laird even fucking know what Final Fantasy Seven is. <laughs> so, you never know, Eastman might. It, you never know. You know. They're older, so it's it's not really their thing. But I could see somebody like Tom Waltz or somebody else kind of into that and kind of pushing that direction. But you never know. It's it's very similar regardless. I mean, Final Fantasy Seven got a lot of inspiration from those retro 80 type cyber settings. Yeah. God, I need to replay seven for those podcasts. So bad one day. Mm-hmm. Have I fun just, with that one. That's why I haven't been on the show yet, by the way, <laughs> but I want to just long. I have other games, but uh, yeah, it, it just says, and also this book goes by so fast because you have so many panels of him just beating the shit out of people and robots. And, and just, it's just very cool to see. And everything is futuristic that he's fighting. You have pretty shortly why he's because he, he gets to the tower. He's starting to head towards the new Araku, and then the Mouser bots come after him. And I did like the new Mousers. They, they, they just look weird, but they're flying Mousers with lasers. I, I like. And this is what we gets him in trouble. We also see that 
the police are also uh, bots. Yeah, everybody's everybody's robotic. Mm-hmm. Well, much. obviously, other than the regular citizens, but everything else. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, all the security force. Because again, that's you have a security force that you know will work for what he says, and you also like, and the fact they mentioned Stockman. You get one small thing where you just activate the Stockman tech, and that's all you find out about Stockman at this point. Right. And then as he's getting up the tower, he ends up fighting some big robot that pushes him out the tower, and he falls out of the tower and lands on the ground. Like, stories and stories down. Or he should be dead. <laughs> I mean, he almost dies. I like how you see how he's, like, bleeding out of his mouth. There's blood everywhere, and he's just trying to escape, and he just sneaks into the sewers. Mm-hmm. And this is when you first see Karai's body in a coma in a tube because the rock starts talking to her. I mean, what did you think when you see, like, I was a little confused when I start seeing this the last run just start stripping down. And then all of a sudden he's putting all the weapons and I'm like, wait a second. And he puts the sword up against his abdomen. He's about to commit seppuku. I was, I was not expecting that. Yeah. That would have been a very short run of a comic. Uh, if you would have got through with that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess obviously I didn't really expect him to commit suicide, but just it, it it's just to me it was a reminder of just how dire and how gritty and how i don't want to use the word depressing but like how brutal this this whole story is going to be i mean it's a dark damn story you know but then again almost every futuristic story in turtles fiction is always dark i mean we you know we had the turtles in time moment where they go in the future that we read for the idw stuff i mean there's a 2003 cartoon as a dark one it's always dark when the turtles go to the future it's never a good thing when you see it. Oh, and we don't know why yet Karai is uh, in that no. chamber either, which <laughs> we'll find out months, very soon. Probably. <laughs> if you were reading <laughs> this when it came out. And, but he's about to commit seppuku. He, he passes out. You can't do it. Casey Jones comes down to find him. And you have a small scene where he's in the lair. Essentially, he died for a little bit. And he's talking to the other turtles. And they're like, hey, you, you made it. And then all of a sudden, he wakes up. April's here. And she finally says, hey, Michelangelo. And then you find out who the last Ronin is. Mm-hmm. I just. How I would, shitty I would April just, looks. <laughs> oh, God, she looks terrible in this. I mean, it looks a lot worse when you find out that she's missing an arm and a leg. <laughs> right. Man, but that, just, in this issue, you don't know yet. No, it just. And I did not realize that it was the end of the first issue. They said his name because they were just being so stupid about it on the Internet. But again, maybe it was because of just how long how much hype there was leading up up to this release in general. I mean, if you were going through it when it came out, it was fun to follow it and like, you know, look at all the released like panels and stuff that they were, they were doing in the art. And it was like, Oh, it it was an exciting build. All it was, was like really getting people excited for the, this adult story that was meant for our generation. And then, you know, when we finally get through that first issue issue, and then we see that at the end, cool. Yeah, the, the payoff was worth it. I, I mean, for me, actually, as I was, I was reading it, I did guess who it was. Okay. I had an idea. I won't say I was 100% positive, but I had a good <laughs> idea that it was him. Uh, and I was I was trying to read between the lines. I was reading what more more so what the brothers were saying and how they were saying it. And I tried to read between the lines with that, and I came upon Mike being the one. I thought initially it was going to be like, I'm sure everybody thought it was going to be Leo or something like that. And that's what I kind of thought it might be. But yeah, it ended up being who we see now. I mean, it's cool. You know, I'm fine with it because nobody expected it. I, th- I think in most people's eyes, he probably would have been the last choice. And to be fair, I think I'm not 100% on this because I didn't bother to look it up, but I've heard it at some point and I've watched a lot of Turtles shit that in all the, like a lot of the other stories, we get a future. 
it was never Michelangelo that was in the future. Like we have one with Donatello goes to the future in the 2003 cartoon. There's been other adaptations, but it, I don't think it's ever been one that focused on Michelangelo before. Not, not on his own. No, I, I no, I, he survived, think, but not like he was never the yeah, main one. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it mostly, it, I think it's mostly just Don solo. I think otherwise, if they end up going in the future, it's usually all together and they solve a problem and they come back. But I, I can't be for certain. I remember somebody said that to me, and I, I went, oh, okay. And that was about as far as it went. There's your fun fact. <laughs> that brings us to issue two. So issue two, I thought of you immediately, by the way. Immediately thought of you. Because of who's on the cover? Raphael's on the cover. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like how they do that, how each of the covers is a different, you know, like for two, three, and four are showing you different characters that are going to be, that are going to meet their demise in that comic. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So issue two starts off with April waking up in bed. And I think then it, oh, then it flashback to, it never says how many years ago, but it shows Casey and April are together. They just got engaged and Raphael, who looks way more brutal than what we're used to in the IDW stuff. I mean, so you if, can, I mean, you can tell it's been years, like from if, what, if I'm correct. And, and I was trying to pay attention to the time. I know, uh, Hiroto, he usually says, oh, it's been t- uh, 10 years oh, yeah. or whatever. But uh, Mikey uh, corrects him, and I think he says it's around 15, 16, 16 well, years. 16 years from the time that we're, we're at when he kills Donatello, Leonardo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Splinter is 16 years. Raphael died before that. Mm-hmm. Raphael died when Roku was six. But they don't say how old Roku is in this, I don't think. It might, but... they. I, I know when he got control of the Foot Clan, well, actually, when Karai was out of commission... So around this time, he was 16, 16. Yeah, I want to say 16 years old. They, okay. I think in the next issue, they actually cover it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's 16 when she gets to put in the coma. Okay, and then he's, so he's 30 and then 16 years. So he's in his 40s or 50s, I'm assuming. Maybe, maybe less. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'd, I'd say 30s. Wait, hold on. Yeah, 40s, it had to be, right? Yeah, he's 16 so, and then definitely yeah. 16 years later. Cause 30, maybe this, in his 30s. He'd be in his 30s, I guess. It's also a little bit of time in between... When Karai goes in the coma before they do the truce thing. Because Raphael's been dead for a little bit, I think. Well, they get back to the house. Splinter's injured. Raphael thinks he's dying. And Raphael runs off to go kill the foot. Because, you know, Raphael. Yep. And then it jumps back to the present day where you see April. This is when you find out April has no leg and no arm. And she has prosthetics. I do like how you see the case. You see the you see the you see Casey's bag and his and his mask. I did like that. I thought that was a cool touch. What am I missing here? His bag and his mask. Oh, you mean in her yeah. room? Yeah, in, in her room. She's it, like, "Hey, Casey, yeah. a little help here." And Casey's dead. You, you skip a little fast. I, I don't know where you are. Sometimes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you you do have a couple panels when Donnie's making tea. I think this is when you really well kind of already realize, but you really see everybody's dead because he's sitting at the table oh. talking to, to them. And there's nobody there. One thing I want to mention here before you see April's prosthetics. Yes. You see Raph at the table talking to Casey about going to get the foot and he says, damn straight, it's body count time. Do you know what that is? No. So that's a, I'd say they brought that out in Mirage. It was a side series. Oh, uh, the duo of Casey and Raph, which was also very brutal. That's cool. All right. I didn't, yeah, I did not know that. I've never, I've only read a little bit of Mirage and I, and I, I can't go back. Uh, I never have. I've, I've read a pretty good amount, but I couldn't, it's just too dated and too all over the place. Like it's hard to actually find relevant issues. It's some just, relevant issues. I should it's say. just difficult for me to, to read some of it. And I don't like black and white comics either. 
Yeah, that is hard. That is difficult. I mean, Walking Dead, I can read black and white, I suppose, but the art is a lot more modern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've only read the first volume of Walking Dead, and that's it. I've never... I've thought about it. I've actually thought of you and me re- reading it and talking about it, but I just don't know that. Yeah, I haven't gone very far. Well, I'm, I'd be open to it. <laughs> the only issue with that is, is finding the time between all this. Yeah, I know. That's the other issue. Like, I have too much other stuff I'd rather do. So yeah, we, could, we could always cover that. Like, uh, as far as plans another time, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> it's just something that you made me think of. So I have to say it on here. Uh, hey, who knows? Someone could be listening to this years from now and go, oh, it's the last one that idea came out. Ah, you know, you never hey. know. <laughs> That's how I look at this is a time capsule to me. The podcast is a time capsule because I know people go back and listen to old episodes. I can see for a fact because I see the data. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole scene of Michelangelo making the tea and then he pours the four cups, but there's nobody there. And there's just we just drinking the one cup and has three other cups just sitting there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (sighs) I like that because he's so traumatized by losing his brothers. So and that's one thing that we never get confirmation on as if they are actually there. In, in in a paranormal form, or is he just hallucinating all this crap? He's hallucinating. Yeah. In the last issue, he makes a comment where he tells them to go away, and, they and he kind of comes to peace with it, with it. He can't come to peace with what happened. Right. And he's also in the old lair. I don't remember he figured that out yet, but he's he's in the old lair from when they were when they lived there in New York. Mm. And then it cuts to Raphael. <laughs> I did really appreciate when you see, like, during the early part of Raphael, when, when he's doing his thing, you see a picture of Laird and Eastman sitting there eating pizza on a train. <laughs> uh, where is that? I oh, yeah. No shit. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's I didn't a, notice that. It's 100% them from when they wrote TMT. That's what it looked yeah, like back I can, then. Yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> I just find that hilarious. They just they just drew them in there. Never mind. That'd be too crazy. <laughs> uh, that's a good touch. That's really good. I, I don't like how Raphael had the great idea to go by himself and just start murdering all these foot soldiers. It fits Raphael, but had they just went together, he probably wouldn't have died. Yeah, but uh, I, I obviously that's logic. But being the emotional one who at this age still didn't figure out how to control that shit. I mean, it's it's not like I, I don't I can't tell you how old they were at this time, but they seemed a little more a little older, a little more weathered, but he still didn't get control over that um, that anger issue, and it, it's, no. it's it's fitting of the character. It is. I mean, that's why it didn't bother me in that. I didn't like it, but it fit the character for who he is. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. logically, I would never do the same fucking thing, but I mean, this is Raph we're talking about, so. Uh, one thing that I, that I also, like, because you see him just get fucking, he's just getting cut up, shot with arrows, he's stabbed, and he's just murdering, like, he must have murdered like a hundred guys in this. You place. see him where he's, uh, he's screaming in the middle of this like this group of uh, foot soldiers. He's like doing a goddamn like whirlwind of just blood <laughs> and cutting, and it, it's bad. It's really bad. So, what did you think of Karai's costume? Did you catch the reference of what it was? I sure the fuck did. Okay, it's Electra all day. <laughs> yeah. Which again is funny because essentially TMT is based mm-hmm. on Daredevil to a degree. Is inspired yep. by Daredevil. That was, so, was a good touch, yeah. Uh, and and that, that scene where she's in the moonlight, that's close to her first appearance cover, which I have to look at. That's hilarious. It's not, like, super close, but it's not that, like, they were trying, like, that whole outfit and everything, like, yeah, they were trying to kind of mimic, like, her. <laughs> yeah, because Karai has never been seen in anything even, nothing like that before. No, she's never dressed like this. She's not Electra, but maybe that's what inspired her originally, like, they were thinking of Electra when they introduced her. Possibly. I think she's in the Mirage stuff, but I can't remember. Later on, I want to say she jumps into Mirage. 
Something like that, maybe. Could be wrong. Right now. Her first appearance is Turtles 53 in 92. Oh, there you go. So I'm assuming that would be, yeah, that'd be Mirage. What am I saying? Yeah, that's Mirage. Okay. Yeah. And then he ends up, he doesn't kill her, but he puts her in a coma, and then they fight into the water, and then Raphael sinks to the bottom and dies, essentially, from their wounds. Well, he drowns and bleeds out and everything else. (laughs) So well, if it was in the water that killed him, probably bleeding to death would have been the rest. Well, I'm assuming bleeding to death. Well, I guess turtles, yeah, turtles need air too, so they can, they can stay longer under. Oh, longer. Well, I, I wanna, that's actually wrong. He ultimately died from uh, Karai shoving that blade in his throat. Oh, yep, that would kill you. Yeah, because then she, she floats up and then they grab her. Someone pulls her out is what it is. Okay. And I, th- I, thought, I think one of the most depressing parts of this entire run is where you see him, his hand, he's losing his sigh. You see his hand reaching up and his vision starting to fade. And then all the blood and just the sigh sitting there. I mean, that's one of the, it's a yeah. such a depressing scene. And that's just, probably when it, when you first, you know, when you text me about it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, this was this dark. Probably it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about this book. <laughs> Cause I'm not super into depressing things. I like stuff that's more upbeat usually. Just how I am. And you're taking some of my favorite characters and you're putting them in not a good situation. I don't like it as much, but I appreciate it. Like, I really do appreciate this comic. I don't want to come off and act like I don't like this because I did. It's just depressing. When it goes back to the lair and Michelangelo and April, I do like how she just she's just drinking, you know, caffeine, like straight caffeine. It feels like just to stay awake. Pretty much. And then it's when she's like, oh, Casey's here. And he's like, Casey's still alive. And that's when you find out it's her daughter. Casey's daughter. Casey Marie. Which doesn't wear that stupid hat again, and she looks completely different for some reason. Hmm. It drew her a lot different then. <laughs> she needed it. That was a weird kind of scenario they had her in last yeah. issue. But again, I mean, I, I think it was months in between issues. So I think that played a big part in it, too. You know, you have so long between when this came out and this comes out. So, yeah. Yeah, what I would assume they have a lot of this already fleshed out. You know, they got to get it printed and yeah. everything. I mean, They probably had it in mind. It's just I don't know. I don't know what the hell they were thinking with that. <laughs> I like it, though, because I, I, it kind of reminds me of Borderlands for some reason, too. Yeah, it does look like Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Which I don't care for Borderlands, by the way. It goes in that episode, but <laughs> it just reminds me of that. And then she, this is her first time meeting a actual mutant turtle. Yeah, which makes sense. She's like, I heard about you guys. <laughs> I'm sure she heard way too much. She's like, and you're supposed to be the funny one, right? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good thing she brings it up here, because Mikey's whole demeanor is completely different like he 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 seems to take on the demeanor of every one of his brothers like the jokes are gone for obvious reasons but i mean it's just i can't even hear mikey's voice coming out of this turtle because in most cases he has that very distinct almost surfer kind of tone coming from his voice and yet i i can't it doesn't i I don't hear it with this character yeah because i mean he's not the normal michelangelo we're used to I mean, yes, he's a lot older. Yes, he's been through a lot of a lot more turmoil and pain. Mm-hmm. So, so the jokes are going to go out the window. But it it's hard to visualize this being Mikey. Yeah, it's not a Mikey we're used to. But think about it. Everything he does, the leadership when it comes to Casey Marie, when it comes to the, to the rest of them, uh, is Leo. Yeah, is is he knows more about technology now. He's making smarter choices, can identify things technologically as far as Donnie. And then Raph, he does have some anger management issues as he's going for Hiroto and and just the brutality that he displays. That's very Raph-like. 
it's like he he exhibits more of his brothers than he ever does himself in this entire book. Okay, yeah, that's completely fair. And it's cool to see that he's amalgamation. I can't say that word. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. Keep going. Yeah, of, of all the turtles. And then the next thing you you see is you see the current Araku. What the hell's his name? Hirosho? Hiroto. Or Hiroto. 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 <laughs> I really hate this character, by the way. But you're supposed to. So he's a, he's a very obnoxiously written character. Like this guy has one of the worst god complexes I've ever seen. <laughs> like in any. Mm-hmm. He literally refers to himself multiple times as a god. I mean, the guy, I mean, and as you'll see as this in the scene, these scenes right here in these panels, he tends to whoop ass. He's in great shape. He's he's a monster. He's he is uh, practically a Rokusaki reborn yeah. in, in a way. Yeah. So this I get is when it. You see him training. He essentially kills. I think. Yeah, he kills one of his guards. He just slits the he, guy's neck. He does. Yeah. <laughs> and this is exactly shit that Shredder would do. Yeah. I, I do like when he's like, yeah, you've been recently promoted to captain the other guy. And he's like, don't end up like your predecessor. And you just see a skull being picked apart. <laughs> yep. The guy is brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this affinity with Ravens that isn't really covered too much. It's not really delved into. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, we should have had like maybe we should have had a, a, a scene where he's coming up on an elevator and he's and he's talking about how he's close to Ravens and Ravens are part of his people. I mean, they got the the robotic ones later on, but that's <laughs> I think, still. I think these are robotic too. I don't know. These ones might not be because they're sitting there picking at that skull. I mean, robotic could too. But they have the instinct to do so. <laughs> they program that way. Sure, I suppose. Because it's the same room is where the robotic ones are. Is up in this place. Maybe I, I think these ones are real, but okay. who knows? I mean, it, it, <laughs> irrelevant either way. I guess. Yeah, I know. You just. But again, I swear, I love the big Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid references with you whenever you're on. Oh, God. We've been doing that for <laughs> forever with EMT. And that's what I kept, that's what I thought when we were talking about the Ravens. I just keep thinking of that elevator scene when Vulcan Ravens is waiting for you. Right. Yeah, anytime we see Ravens, that's going to happen. Well, I mean, that game will live in my brain forever. Same. Not the rest of the series, but one and two and three. <laughs> four, not so much. Five, still never played it. Maybe one day. What, uh, you said four and five? Yeah, I, I beat four. For the show too, but it doesn't. Uh, okay. It's just it's a movie, not a game. Five, I, I tried a couple times, and like mechanically, the game's amazing gameplay wise. But I I couldn't do it, man. I gave it a couple tries and gave it up. I want to really bad one day. I don't know. To me, Metal Gear is not supposed to be open world, but you know. That's no, just... but that that was a thing at the time. And that was its send off, pretty much. So. <laughs> yeah, after they fired him. <laughs> so, it's funny because new generations now like i people at work for example co-workers or younger gamers and they don't know a fucking thing about metal gear and i try to fill them in on this stuff and it's it's just like as i recap it to them i feel i'm like oh man what happened <laughs> and then it goes back to the lair and this is when like michelangelo is kind of you know bonding more with casey and talking you know i think this is when she conv- she convinced him to train no not yet no well, it's 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 Mikey's idea. She like Casey never brings it up. I, I think deep down she wants him to. Yeah. But he's the one that brings it up, and she's like, "Oh wow, you're really gonna do that?" But we'll get to that part. Okay, she's talking about the book that was Splinters, and this is where then he talks about what happened to him afterwards. And this you can tell was drawn by Kevin Eastman because this looks like a Mirage comic. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I don't like I, it. It works in this, but I don't like it. Yeah, I, it's. I really like Eastman's art when it comes to covers. I don't like it for the actual content inside the book. <laughs> no, me either. I just don't. I mean, it is cool to see like that he was traveling across the world and he was doing other things and then he um, finally decided to come home. I, 
I do want to tell you, like that, when you said you was traveling across the world, stuff like that, that stuff there is, let me see, this is, are they, re, are they covering, what part are they covering with this, like after? This is after everybody has died, he was wandering okay, the mountains. Yes. So they cover this more in the the continuation. Oh, the Lost Years? Lost Years, yes. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. I I don't necessarily care for it too much, but it's kind of nice to see what the the hurdles and everything he had to go through to get to that point. Um, Also, there's going to be some stuff that, uh, like just the way he looks, for example, will fill in some gaps. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know he was dealing with that as as he was going through this whole arc. And you'll, you'll see that revealed in those lost years. Okay, I definitely will be reading them soon. So they're they're when that does happen, it's gonna. I know it's gonna take a bit, but when we okay. get there, <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll point out exactly what I'm referring to when it's that time. You might even catch it sooner than okay uh, when you read it. I mean, people are gonna be hearing this if I stick to my current schedule the end of December, but we're we're not recording this in December. But <laughs> I plan to get as much done as me and you can before the year's over, and we go back to the main run again. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, okay. And then it, the last part of this comic is April opens up a safe and you see a face. I did not know that was Fugitoid's face. Oh yeah. You didn't put it together. No, cause it doesn't look, it doesn't really look like Fugitoid to me. Your version of Fugitoid. That that's more of the Mirage version of Fugitoid. Okay. Like it. And if Eastman and Laird are going to have a big hand in this, they're going to go old school Fugitoid. And I, I do kind of recognize him. Like I've, I, I remember I had the damn figure of the Fugitoid. I didn't know the Fugitoid back when I had the figure. <laughs> not, not a lot of us didn't because he wasn't a, a prominent character on anything we knew. No, and I and I've seen it. Like I was at a store recently and I saw the future. I went, "Oh yeah!" Like I know the face, and it did not click at first until I read the next issue and she told me. But, and then that brings us to issue three. Oh, I didn't appreciate the fact that they were trying to spoil all their comics for me in the in the back end of these issues. <laughs> did not appreciate that. Like Shredder and Hell, I I'm not near there, buddy. Stop showing me stuff. Yeah, well, why now, now you know why he's there. <laughs> I didn't read. I just saw it went click, scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm not. All that. No, I'm. I am pretty sure though. When we do get back to the turtle, the main turtles run. We are stopping at issue 100. and We're done for a while. I think. I think I. I don't think I want to go into the reborn crap. So I just. The, I just don't know. Because it feels like a whole new run almost. Of turtles. Yeah, when it gets to 101, and when Sophie takes over. Oh yeah. I mean, it kind of is. To be honest. I mean, it's. They even call it Turtles Reborn number one, number two, like for the trades and stuff. Sure. I mean, it, it all does add up. It's not like it's a reboot or anything. But yeah. uh, the tone is there's a shift in tone, a very noticeable shift in tone. Maybe when we get to that, that might be a very good uh, opportunity to focus on some Power Rangers. But yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. Kind of my, we'll see, yeah, we'll see how, how far we get it before I'm just like, it's Mighty Morphin time. Because so. <laughs> you, you, you planted the bug in my head, damn it, lately for Mighty Morphin. We we got Joe here too. I'm sure is uh, definitely itching to do some more Rangers. So and I, why not? I should, I should make use of that movie I bought, you know, like three years ago. <laughs> well, you let, you already know. <laughs> I'm ready when you are. So uh, issue three also has a cool cover where you see Leo's sword in the ground, Casey's mask tied to it, and just debris everywhere. I'm like, well, I know where the, I know it's going to happen in this issue. Very cool. Very ominous. Yeah, I knew they were fucking dead. I mean, they're all dead. I mean, you already know they're all dead. So I'm like, I know what's I mean, coming. You know it's coming, but yeah. And here, uh, and then, here's here's where we see uh, Hiroto at uh, 16 years old. Okay, becoming the, the leader of the clan. And they were very selective with their word choice, too. They didn't say, oh, on his 16th birthday. No, they said on the occasion of his 16th year of life. <laughs> oh, and it's been 10 years 
since she was put in the coma. So she he was six when she gets put in the coma. So that's when Raphael dies is when he was sick. It was 10 years before this. I want is that what it's saying here? Yeah, because he says she's been in a comatose since that fateful day. Where's point that out? It's been 10 years since my beloved mother and our former master was critically injured in her battle with the mutants mm. of the Mato clan. Okay, so 10 years, and then... So Raph died that much longer before... Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn, that's that's quite a gap. Yeah, he's been dead for a long-ass time. Hiroto's such an asshole, too. Oh, there's no redeeming this guy at all. He's a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah, he talks about... Yeah, he wants peace, is what he says. <laughs> yeah, that's how he, he gets the... Uh, and his plan the whole time, as we'll get into. But, I mean, it's like this guy complete asshole especially mm-hmm. when, when all he's talking about is peace and has no intention of it <laughs> well he has peace all right just not the version of peace they think right <laughs> he's just like the way palpatine wanted peace Palpatine's like yeah we'll have peace i'll build a death star i'll blow up everyone else that gets me we'll have peace in the oh, galaxy yeah if nobody exists my peace will uh, <laughs> yes. appear i guess yeah i mean because his first thing is like our first thing i'm gonna do is parlay tell splinter tell uh, splinter we're gonna you know we're gonna have peace and and then you find out yeah there ain't no yeah, don't forget that I am also down for some Star Wars content as well. I know. <laughs> ah, too much stuff. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really is, man. We had so many ambi- so much ambition for this. Mm-hmm. Star Wars comics are good too, by the way. I've done a few here and there, and I read some. But honestly, they're a little harder for me to get through, and I think it's just because of the the where I'm at. I mean, well, like if you're, if you're reading the old shit, that's your own. That's uh, well, I mean, it's not legends or anything. It's canon. Mm, still, I, I I just I pick and choose. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, that's a smarter way of, of anything, Star Wars, if I'm being completely open mm-hmm. about it. Like, if you're trying to go from the start all the way on, it's the biggest mistake you could ever make, especially because there's all that content being made. But uh-huh. I, I, anytime I tell anybody that's getting into Star Wars, I'm like, look, pick an era that seems or looks cool to you and just fucking run with it. Yeah, there's a lot of it. You have to. I, I'm very exposed to Star Wars a lot lately because of this podcast. Like at some point, depending on when you're hearing this, I didn't. I did those two Star Wars comic episodes that went up at some point, not a couple months ago. At this point, Thrawn and Crimson Empire. Oh, one is sucks. canon. One is no longer canon. That's <laughs> Which one is canon? Thrawn. Because I'm not that far in. I'm still during the fucking Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Thrawn. Thrawn's con- Thrawn is canon. I feel like the comics start to get better closer to like, the Empire. Hulk. Yeah, the Empire, yeah. New Hope, and the, uh, the stuff after New Hope, the 2015 run. That's <laughs> actually. Pretty damn good. I've read a majority of that. Okay. I recommend a lot of that. But back to TMD. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, and then Hiroshio, this is when, after he's been almost assassinated, or, you know, attempted assassinate, he goes and broadcasts how if anybody's harboring, like, he's the lord and savior of the city, and he's kept them safe, and he's lying to them. And, and essentially, he's wearing his prettiest Queen Amidala make- makeup and outfit. It also reminds me a lot of Azrael too, from Batman, kind of. Just because yeah. of the, I think just because of the, scheme the, in the hood. red paint. But essentially just telling the town he's going to put martial law. And that always works out in everything. Even in real life, when you did martial law, I mean, the people, you know, they don't rebel against you. Never. I mean, this guy, they do show him. <laughs> Nobody's really opposing him. I mean, they might hint towards it in here uh, other than you got the rebellion, but the underground rebellion. But other than that, this guy's got a pretty strong iron grip around the yeah. city. But he also, I feel like, doesn't need to do what he's doing. He doesn't. But when you think about it, this is uh, everything Shredder wanted and more. Yeah. He that just happened to realize, uh, be the realization of that. We get a glimpse of what could have been with Shredder. Shredder probably would have took it to more extremes, I I would bet. This guy is, it seems to be content with where he's at, just owning New York City, and that's it. Shredder, I think, would have went 
beyond that. Well, Shredder would have went for the entire world, as we see in different future. I think in I, Turtles in Time, we see the future world. They, yeah, they do hint at it. Yeah, so um, he wouldn't have stopped here, but this guy is no Shredder. This guy's no Rock Usaki. He's a complete asshole like him, but as far as ambitions, no, he's not there. And then we go, then we see Mike Angelo in the lair again, and we get introduced to Casey again, and looks different again. They keep yeah. changing her like every issue. <laughs> and it, it, they okay, they don't, they didn't. Did they cut her hair completely short yet? Not yet. Yeah, this okay, is supposed we'll to be the same that. hair, but the, the hair is shorter. Oh, it's just in the the goggles, I guess. Yeah, her design is a little bit different too. It's like they were still trying to figure out what to do with her. Yeah, That's I don't get I the, the the concept behind it. I mean, it's I mean, if we're being realistic, like characters do change their clothes yeah. and uh, and looks. Like even April did in um, the IDW run. <laughs> like characters, the human characters were changing their outfits. Yeah, which makes so, sense. If they want to do it here, fine. I mean, realistically, when these were coming out, we were waiting fucking what four or five months <laughs> or more for you were for a release. A long time. I'm trying to find out like the date of each issue, but I haven't tried that hard apparently because I could not find it yet. So I, I mean, I guess because I, I mean, when I initially read this run, I didn't. That never really stood out to me. You kind of forgot what the character was wearing. Well, yeah. The time. <laughs> the next issue came out. It's, it's different when you're like doing what we're doing and you're reading the whole thing in one sitting and talking about it. Yeah, we're binge reading the shit, so yes. we're going to catch it a lot easier. <laughs> and we're analyzing it deeply. Right. Because of the podcast. So yeah, that's it. But no, I just kind of was something I really, I didn't really catch it now, but now we're talking. I'm like, wow, she keeps looking different. And I was also just as confused as Michelangelo when he sees Fugitoid. I'm like, that's Fugitoid? I was just like, what the fuck? It didn't, it's, it didn't click for a bit. It's still. <laughs> yep, it original design. That was the issue, I think. I just don't like the original design. You know, not my turtles. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, Mirage predates us a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah, we can as we got older, we could appreciate some of it, but really, cartoon and beyond is in the movie, the original movies. That's really our peak when it comes to turtles that are uh, you know our yeah. upbringing. When it when it when it cuts to the the past again, when you see Donatello, Michelangelo, Leo, Splinter, and their outfits. I really like like this futuristic look that they have. I don't mind it. I think it's pretty cool. interesting. It's almost like futuristic ninja slash samurai kind of mm-hmm. tactical outfit. I, I don't mind it. I w- it wasn't what I expected. And like you have them, you know, flying some kind of jet thing that can that can go and camp camouflage. And like it's just a very cool and stock. And then you see Stockman, too, in this mm-hmm. in a floating chair. And he's still mostly human looking for now. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got, like, some forehead implants. <laughs> that's, uh, that's about it. Nothing compared to what you're about to see a little <clears throat> yeah, bit. And no shit. I did laugh. One of the guards that's, like, working with Casey and them has a purple dragon tattoo on his arm. I did see that. I was like, ah! They're still around. I also paid attention to the uh, street signs. So Bleecker is a real place in New York. It's actually located in Manhattan. So okay. that, because I always wondered, like, yeah, they've hinted, to Brooklyn and Manhattan and other places that turtles were <clears throat> in New York. If you're really going over different media when it comes to turtles, they typically refer to Manhattan. And this is just a blatant sign that shows that, hey, the turtles, we, we prefer the turtles to be from Manhattan. And I, it's, even at, the, I want to say the end of the issue, there's an advertisement. Is it this one? Hold on. Let me see. Just give me one second. It shows. Is it here? Yeah. There's an advertisement that says Jenica joins the TMNT to face a newly mutated Manhattan, oh. ind- indicating even an IDW that they are from Manhattan. Okay. 
for anybody that might be curious, like <laughs> I was at <laughs> it, one point. It means a little to me. Like I know a little bit about New York, but not that much. I do really want to visit New York one day, though. As do I. I feel like I have to one day. Okay. I, I like how like you see this and they have all these guards and all these people that are working for them and like they have their own like group that is protecting their base and the purple dragons are part of that group and then I think are these supposed to be yeah, the foot soldiers that are working with Stockman then attack Leo because Splinter and Donatello went to go make peace in Japan, which you find out is not real peace because then they're being attacked. And this is when you see those foot soldiers you were talking about that are robotic that have like the foot right on their head and it looks straight out of the cart nine eighty seven cartoon. I love the designs. Same. And you have an old Casey Jones, you have Fugitoid, and you find out that Stockman just wants Fugitoid. That's his whole point. Like, he's just, he does, he's going to kill them, and he just wants to take Fugitoid. And I do <clears> like <throat> seeing Casey Jones fight and Leo fight, and they get, I mean, they're winning. Like, they're not, I mean, they're not, okay, they're not really winning, but when all the mousers show up, that's kind of the end of it. Well, they're holding them off. They're successfully yeah. whooping ass. Um, what I want you to take a look at is when those foot soldiers, the, the purple ones, crash to the wall look at the panel on that page it shows like a screen that looks like a game boy i'm scrolling okay yeah it kind of does if i can find right by the stairs oh (laughs) that just looks like a game boy (laughs) it's got a little d-pad and everything and the buttons yeah but it has Mm. four buttons yep and a longer screen but yeah Uh, i bet that was a game boy reference i can almost guarantee it (laughs) has to be the same colors a green screen the silver yeah i know what i thought was a little weird i don't i don't know if this is a reference to another character or what but you got that, like when it shows uh, Casey and and Mike on the on whatever that is talking to each other, there and they have these the humans behind them. Yeah, they have a guy in a Leonardo looking tactical outfit. Oh, that is weird. I don't, I didn't understand what that was or what reference that was. That is really fucking weird. Yeah, no, I did not I... catch that the two times I read this, but now that you brought it up because you can see the guy's face, like his his mouth, but then he has. I don't want to, like, he's wearing armor, but for some reason they decided to give him blue, a blue bandana looking thing across his face. And then the green armor. Yeah, I don't understand that. Really weird. No, I, they they never cover him. He's in one other panel, and then they he dies, them. like everybody else. I mean, they're just getting massacred, you know, it feels like. And then when the Mousers finally show up, this is when Casey and they tell the, tells, tells Mike Angelo to get the Fugitoid and his wife in the building, because everything goes kablooey. And they die. So, because Stockman's like, well, if I can't have Fugitoid, nobody will. So he just decided to blow everything up with the Mousers. Yeah, because Fugitoid threatened to uh, self destruct. Yeah, so he decided to blow everybody up. Because he's an last, last words of Casey and Leo were talking about what they're going to do after this. I like know, that. Yeah. We're going to go get a pizza. Yeah. Because they know I, they're going to die. Yeah, they know there's a very high chance. I mean, I, I think they probably had some hope, maybe deep down, that they're going to at least hold them off all the way. If not, they're going to die fighting. But man, they didn't see the explosion coming. Yeah, because it doesn't really fit. But since Do- Stockman couldn't get what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And then he cuts to present day with Casey Jones and kind of shows a bit of the resistance. If there are people in the sewers or not sewer, but subway tunnels are just fighting random guards. And then hell, there's a Cyclops guy again. Barrett. Yeah, Blue. Yep. And Barrett. And it, it shows her, I guess, trying to, yeah, she's trying to get back to April and, and Michelangelo, and then she's just fighting more and saves the family. And then there's a street, Bleecker Street again. And then April tells Michelangelo about how, because he thought she died, too, and he talks, she talks about how she survived and woke up pregnant with no arm and no leg. And she's taking some of his blood. Oh, yeah. To find, which they, she doesn't explain yet why she's taking his blood. I don't think. I don't really want to read to find out. <laughs> she says, I need to see what your advanced mutation is doing to your body. Oh. And this is when they also are very blatant in describing 
why he looks so much fucking bigger and weirder and crazier is because his his mutation is advancing and why he's can he's so much more durable. And there's Bleecker Street again. <laughs> and then it also there's a small scene of showing how he in black and white in the Kevin Eastman style where after the after the explosion he went to get on a plane to go warn Splinter and Donatello that is a trap. April had her kid Casey Marie. And Casey Marie comes into place and tells him that all hell's broken loose in Rock Bottom. And you have a really weird ass scene of Araku Ura- climbing on a fucking like beam of his building or something like on the outskirts of it in the rain with a cloak. It was just strange to me. I don't know who was really like heading that character, but he's weird throughout this entire comic. Like he, I guess the whole idea is that he's supposed to be because that is he's like, my angel will not will save me, and then he falls and some robot arms grab him and then he doesn't die. But I didn't understand it. It's almost like a a spoiled kid that rich kid that just always is so used to getting his way. It just doesn't matter what he does wrong. There's going to be a safety net. Even those guys like 32 or or older (laughs) at this point. Well, it's 16 when he calls for peace. It's been sick. And we do know it's 16 years later since he killed. He killed everybody. So, yeah, he's 32. I do want to point out in uh, the scene where April has her kid is the new station is uh, Channel 6. Okay, that's cool. Wasn't that what it was in the 87 cartoon, Channel 6? Yep. Okay. Anytime she's a uh, newscaster, um, it's usually Channel 6. Like I think even in the uh, Power Rangers crossover. I appreciate it. Yeah, they All had right. to throw that in there. And then the, the issue ends with April showing off this giant tank she's been building or putting together or something. And that they know they got to go to war. That's also what they're talking about. Uh, one uh, thing that was pretty important in this issue... Is this is this one they say it about uh, Casey Marie's? No, not nah, never mind. They don't. No, come. that's later. That's, that's the next one. Yeah. Okay. There's so they're just arguing about what the plan's gonna be because they're all ready to go to war. And Mikey's like, "What the fuck? What are you talking about?" <laughs> he just wants to kill one guy. That's all he wants. Right, and he he definitely didn't want to go for Stockman. No, but it wouldn't have worked if they wouldn't have went for Stockman. They didn't have a choice. Yeah, it, yeah, he might have not made it to uh, Hiroto at the end of the day if if they didn't take down Stockman. I don't think he would have. I think it would have been too much. I think Stockman had too much defense if they didn't go for Stockman that it wouldn't have worked. Right, yeah, because uh, all the uh, singes were shut down and cops and everything. So he dealt with just partially, like, I don't want to say partially trained, but poorly trained, poorly dedicated human ninjas at that point. They didn't need to be. It's the idea that you get too comfortable due to technology. Right. I mean, it's also kind of a riff on us in reality, but so... (laughs) Real thing. <laughs> yeah. And then issue, f- the cover of issue four is when you see Splinter's book and Donatello's staff in the bloody snow, which I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen in this issue. Surprise. You're going to kill my favorite turtle. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they saved him for last. You know, I was okay with that. I was actually surprised. I was surprised they saved him for last. And he, he, he played a pretty decent role, I think, in this. Well, he could have survived if it wasn't for Splinter. Yeah, for the one time Splinter doesn't think logically, and this is what we get. Well, I mean, there are other times he didn't think logically either. Well, I, meant, I meant when it counted like to where it's life or death, and he practically chose death. Yeah, he's just so angry. Yeah, that you don't. But then again, in IDW, it's not like he was losing sons left and right either. <laughs> no. <laughs> then again, when we get to that point, it's like he doesn't even know about one of them yet. He's just taking uh, Hiroto's word for it. We'll get to yeah, Toronto wasn't lying either. No, he, de- he definitely wasn't. <laughs> and then this issue, I thought it was weird how this issue starts off, where you just, all of a sudden, they're just in battle. You see 
Michelangelo, you see Casey and a bunch of other guys, and they're just like in a freaking war, it looks like. And I thought that was an odd take to start off the issue, where everybody's shooting. He's like, give me cover, lots of smoke, and he just jumps in and starts yeah, it, it, taking it, it, out robots. And I agree with that, and I because I, I, I kind of forgot since I had read this in quite some time. Why are they just like in the middle of shit right now? And then then it it explains it like right after. But I was like, holy yeah. shit! Like, why why is she calling them like sensei and all that kind of stuff? But yeah, they get into it. It did throw me for a loop a little bit though. Yeah, she looks like Nightwing. She does. <laughs> I mean, it, it does feel like a Batman reference, so it's all right. It, it might have been what they're going for. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I'm okay with it, but I definitely could see it. And during this, when you kind of, this is when you first see Stockman too, where he's all, ro- he's more robotic now. Fucking hideous. Yes, that too. And you just kind of see a lot of badass action with Michelangelo and Casey just fighting. It looks like a Terminator movie. It feels like. Sort of, yeah. That same idea where everything is just terrible. <laughs> that's how I it, took it. It's a dystopia. I mean, that's that's the simplest way to describe it. Yeah, that's fair. It is a fucked up world, that's for sure. And then it jumps back to when, and now Casey looks different again. And she then cut her, her hair goddamn cliched woman cuts her hair short to make a statement. Oh, do I hate that? I've never seen that before. No, you never seen that before. <laughs> I wish I could say that. <laughs> I mean it. Uh, it yeah, I'm with you too. In the last month alone, I probably watched two or three different shows to where a woman ends up doing that. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. I will I, say that. I hate it. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan oh, of it either. Oh, shit. I mean, even Ahsoka, for example. Oh, you know, Sabine cut your hair. Yep. <laughs> yep, it's a trouble, all right. <laughs> I Stop. That. And I, I just watched that. I, I like Sabine's hair the way it was, goddammit. <laughs> Same. But she had to have short hair because she was becoming a Jedi. <sighs> Sigh. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> you started, not me this time. <laughs> you took us down a rabbit hole that I'm gladly go down. But this is when Michelangelo is trying to, like, test her. And, te- and then this is when... He says he'll train her, and he's like, it's Sensei, and she hugs him. Yeah, and she, at least, she's uh, definitely warmed up to him a lot more now. I'm just so happy there was no stupid comment, oh, my shell's tight, thank you. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> oh, this movie. is where he, he tests the shit out of her. Oh, yeah, he really does. And she's got that. <laughs> it's pretty cool how they zoom in on her face, and you see, this is the most detailed you'll ever see uh, <laughs> of her face, and you see her green eyes, and right away you think of April's green eyes. Oh, I did not think of that. And but, Casey's right. black hair. That's what they were going for. Oh, all right. I can see it now. You mentioned it. To see, trying to see, this is when he, they talk about her being, okay, not yet. They don't talk about her being mutated. This is when he's talk. Michelangelo's talking about how when he got to Japan and was looking for Splinter and they, and he found out he was too late and they told him what happened. And then it cuts back to color and it shows, which is also sad is that they got there. They would have just waited, but they wanted to get the, you know, the peace mission done right away. So they went to the meeting site. Because mm-hmm. they just would have waited. Michelangelo would have showed up in the middle of the war and be like, hey, it's a trap. Like, don't go. Right. That was a little sad. Again, I know it had to be, but it was sad. <laughs> I do like this where they, when they, you know, you see them waiting in the snow and the guy and the, the, the foot guy's like, why'd you bring weapons? There's supposed to be no weapons. And when Hiroshio shows up and he's like, hey, you know, this is, you know, I killed your family and, or I, you know, you heard anything from New York. And Splinter just be heads of three guys that are there. Oh man, and it's done with such precision. Like it was, it's a really actually super badass moment. I even like mm-hmm. it before he does it. Like he's got this ambassador, this the smooth talking ambassador shitting his kimono. Like he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's he like puts his uh, katana out of his sheath just a little bit, and the guy is shitting bricks. And Hiroto shows up, the worst fucking attitude in the world. No, and- he's sixteen year old. As he's, yeah, I guess he's 16 at this mm-hmm. point. And, and uh, 
Splinter is like, all right, fuck it. You guys are losing their heads. And <laughs> one swing, all three of them lose heads. And then you start, you have a, you have a panel, you just see people popping out of the snow that were hiding all this time. Yep. And, and this, this whole battle, I mean, obviously this entire comic, I would love to see in like in an animation or even in a live movie, like this scene specifically, I would love to see acted out. Same. It, it made me sad when you, when I was reading this because they're fighting splinters angry. He keeps attacking and Donatello and the other guy that's with him from which, okay, I didn't understand this. I wanted to get your opinion. Like there's a whole like Hamato clan in Japan. I didn't understand this. All right, yeah, we can get into that a little bit. Um, okay. So in IDW, that's something you'll see more of. I think they kind of, I can't remember fully. I think they already refer to themselves as the Hamato clan. But just you know, them. Like I've, I've never run into other people. You're not that far yet. No. So only just fifty. So as you go along, that will grow a little bit. Okay. Obviously, I'm not gonna say who or what, but that will grow a bit. <laughs> And here in this comic, they take that same concept and they uh, they attach it to Japan. Uh, okay. not, it's not to say that back in America, that their their clan isn't growing. Also, I mean, shit. For all we know, April could still be considered part of that. Casey, and you name it. But yeah, and the the purple dragon, the people that are on their side, I think they all are considered it. Uh, right. To be fair, I think that's what they were going for too. Well, that's that's my take on it. Okay. All right, I was just, I, I wanted to get your opinion, I'm, and I forgot about it, but then it came up and it reminded me, so I was very happy about that because I needed your opinion. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and in this one, and that that kind of, again, that's that's what I brought up earlier is like he goes to Japan, and these people all know him, and it sounds like they have this great history, uh, Splinter's returning, whatever. It's like, all right, so are they reincarnated into animal bodies this time? Did they get mutagen like they did back in the original comic and cartoon and everything? Or like, how, how does? I mean, it'd have to be the cartoon origin at that point because splinter was human in there like, yeah. I, it was very confusing to me yeah and i wanted more um yeah that's 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 a good thing for a comic but okay and it just made me sad because like at one point they're supposed to they, they tell donatello even tell splinter we need to retreat and he's like no i'm going to kill him and because of that the archers are able to get in and the archers are what kill donatello and splinter mm-hmm and let's not forget here, like, let's really show some splinter appreciation in this, because this is the most badass you will ever see this man. He like, is badass, but he killed my favorite turtle. <laughs> like, Splinter cut a guy's fucking head and face in half in one of these. Bands. With a helmet on. He's <laughs> wearing a metal that. helmet, too, by the way. I think that's one of the worker helmets. He's oh, worker? Okay, bad. Yeah, but either, either way, like, Worker's it's. Dead. Yeah. That's over. He cut the guy like where his mouth begins. <laughs> <sighs> no, Splinter is fucking brutal. In there's this. there's something he says here. Where the hell is he? He's he's talking a lot of shit too. To the point where he's like dismount man child. I want after head. He brings up he brings up Shredder like right here. Come meet your ultimate fate at my blade like your grandfather before you. Whoever was specifically writing and direct directing this whole thing with Splinter was like just letting it all out. They mm-hmm. they. They must have had this boiling for a while, a while, like, oh, man, this would be a cool moment if Splinter did all this. And they just finally got their opportunity. And here we are. I mean, it definitely is a cool moment. There's no question about it. It's a very good moment. And I did appreciate it for what it was. It just made me sad that it was due to that they could have survived had it not been that he was so jealous or not jealous, but so angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he almost kills him. He throws he, the fucking sword. He almost killed his ass in the sh- in the chest, but the guy survives because he has enough armor on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they would have retreated, they might have been able to pull this off another way. Yeah, but he didn't want to. And 
I just, it's just so sad. <laughs> you gotta, I guess, think too, like, if this is a continuation, like, from IDW in a sense, or if it's in that same vein, Splinter was known to have anger issues like Raph was. So, I mean, yeah. if, if he was to lose it, even though he's very skilled and, and very uh, mature and emotionally mature at this age, doesn't mean he still can't lose it. No, and when you find out your two of your sons have been killed, like, you know, you're going to lose it. Right. And Casey, too. Like, I mean, I don't know if Hiroto actually mentioned that, but still, I mean, fuck, man. That's... Yeah, I mean, you probably think Mike Angelo's dead, too, to be honest, at this point. So. Yeah, because it's not like he's specific on who he's talking yeah. about. He thinks they're all dead. I mean, shit, even Hiroto thinks uh, Mikey's dead at this point. He doesn't know anybody survived that. No, he doesn't find out until 16 years later. <laughs> you have a brief scene of Michelangelo wandering off into the mountains because he doesn't know what to do. And then this is when... Oh, this is when you have them... You, you do things that movies like to do where you have a scene of them planning their attack and then you have a scene of the attack not going out as planned and, and the panels jump back and forth of showing both things. I yeah. don't care for it. I don't care for that style. I never have in movies or comics. I just don't like it. Well, you're going to get a lot of that in the Lost Years, by the way. So look forward to that. I was looking forward to so much. I just choked on my beer after you said that comment. So <laughs> uh, that's how much I'm looking forward to it. But OK, I mean, it's fine. I just I just don't like that. Trip. Honestly, it's not my favorite thing in the world either. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how we feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are cool action scenes here of seeing them just fight. And again, it's weird to me to see a lot of guns in a Turtles comic, too. Sure. I don't you don't get that in IDW or other stuff. But I mean, again, it, it fits this thing. It's fine. It's not again. It's me complaints, you know, not real complaints. But <laughs> I do like how Stockman is being pigheaded and ignorant and doesn't take it takes him a while to really realize what's happening. He thinks it's just people trying to steal from him. He doesn't understand that it's a full blown attack to kill him until it's too late. Pretty much. Yeah. Which I think fits him, too. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, if. For all the intelligence that Stockman possesses, for him to his biggest flaw is going to be his arrogance, and it's full force here. Oh yeah, you see it for sure. And I'm okay with that. You know, it. You know, at this point, like they really think they won because they, to be honest, they did win. So. Oh, the rebels. No, Stockman and Shredder. Oh, Stockman. Oh, I got it. They yeah. won. I mean, they and they for a long ass time too. This isn't something new to them. They've already accepted that reality, and nobody's. Like for all those years, like what would you think? Like six, if it is sixteen years later, you're, what are you gonna think? One of the turtles are back? Absolutely not. No, you're just gonna think it's just people because this is a thing that happened. You know, it it makes sense that that's what their brain goes to. So I completely get that. It's just cool. Like when when April does show up and in, in the freaking van and just ends up killing all the mousers because they're they're doing all right against the guards, but when all the mousers show up, they're pretty much screwed and they know it. And she saves the day with an EMP blast. Mm-hmm. And I like how she's like, I freaking hate mousers. And I think about how she almost dies to mousers the first time you, you see April <laughs> in the original comic and mm-hmm. in uh, the 2003 cartoon. She almost gets killed by mousers, too. Yeah, she doesn't have the best history with mousers. No, she does not. And I, and I really appreciated that, they, that they did that through that little reference in there. A little thing, but it's something that made me smile. And then she she ends up crashing through the wall where Stockman is and takes Fugitoid's head and shoves it into some computer components to give it power, to power him back up. Mm-hmm. You do see what looks like Rodney Roadkill's in here, though. Where's that? In, let me see. Like, in one of the panels, the first panel after she plugs in Fugitoid and she gets shocked off, they look like Rodney Roadkill's. They have guns, but they kind of remind me of Rodney. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. And you know what, what's crazy about the these weird mouser designs? They look like booze from Mario. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they kind of do, but I don't think they turn around when you look the other way. 
Uh, no, <laughs> they don't stop. You know, in this panel right here where uh, April's getting shocked off, like right before that, you see uh, Stockman. He looks like either a very corrupted cyborg from DC or yeah. Spawn without the mask. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can buy both of those. And again, hes I like when he does grab Fugitoid and he's like, I'll have you. And Fugitoid's like, you shall not pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's badass. Made me think of Gandalf, too. Oh, <laughs> Which, I'm again, sure I know what the reference to. It has to be. <laughs> has to be. Uh, and he just, he murders Stockman and, like, just breaks him into, like, disintegrates him. He obliterates this man. Yes. Like, down to the fucking bones. Like, that's not even there anymore. It's such a good scene. I guess he becomes nano nanobots, then? Or nanomachine. Who? Oh, uh, Fugitoid. Stockman. Oh, Fugitoid. Is that what? You, yeah, he uh, he becomes nano machine and takes over all of Stockman's tech yeah, and yeah. shuts everything down. That's what. Yep. And that's how they're able to essentially win because all the mechanical stuff is destroyed at this point because of him. So yeah, if they, they wouldn't have done this. They open the doors for Mikey to finally get his. I guess if you want to say prize. Yeah. Because then it goes. It, it shows where all the robots are down. It shows in town of people just destroying. The, the police units that have all shut down now, and this then gives the last issue. Mm-hmm. Which, we need to have ads, by the way, in the end of these comics. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not wrong. I don't care for the, the the last cover, number five, where it looks it really looks like a Batman cover with Michelangelo. Oh, 100%. I don't care for it. It's it's okay. I I don't hate it. it it's, it's acceptable. It is nice looking, and I like the dystopian city below them more than I actually like what's going on on top. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it, it is more Batman-esque. Maybe that's, again, what they were going for. It probably is. But it's just, yeah, I don't know, it didn't do it for me. But, no, it's still good. I mean, they all fit for what they're going for. Mm-hmm. I just have small complaints. But here nor there. <laughs> okay, and then with this issue you have where he's, Michelangelo is in the lair again, and he's fight and he's all beat up, but he, God, is he big. Yeah, he's him. humongous. Is this when they finally talk to... Or maybe that's the last issue where he talks to April. Yeah, last yeah, issue he talks yeah. to April and says that Casey is a mutant ass. Does she know? Yep, April then reveals it way later in this one to her daughter, who yeah. kind of fucking knew anyway. But... She punched a fucking brick wall. She's yeah. Like, yeah, she knows. Mm-hmm. And it's because they were so, because of Casey Jones and April being next to them for so many years, that they were infected with a mutant gen, essentially. Yep, yep. I like the idea. I don't hate it. I, I, never, I never saw that coming, but I'm glad they put it in. Yeah, I had no problem with it at all. I was like, it makes sense. And it's just, okay, let's see. Oh, and you have Hirosho freaking out because he has no, they have, they don't have, all their robots are down. This is when you have Michelangelo then goes off to go kill, go kill him. And the, the lair where April well, is, is flooding. They're, they're seeking each other now. Uh, yes. Hiroto's pissed. He said, fuck it. I'm going to go find him. And Mikey's going to go find him. And that scene where he's overlooking that tower, again, cool as hell, man. It, it, it that retro style, it also reminds me of, have you ever played Streets of Rage 1? Once, with you. You played one with me? Yeah, years ago, I came, when I came to your house. Holy shit, time. yeah, I know we played a shit ton of beat-em-ups, but I don't remember yeah. that being one. Yeah, it was one. But, dude, the one had that aesthetic going for it, and that's mm-hmm. one reason I still love one more than all the rest of the series, but it, that reminds me a lot of that. No, that's fair. This is when April finally tells Casey that she's a mutant, and she freaks out. I think I'd be happy if someone told me I'm a mutant, I had powers. I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> Yeah, I look at uh, that in real life. Like someone's like, you have superpowers. You can punch things. You can run faster. I'm like, I can. Cool. Fucking awesome. I, I, I think in her case, <laughs> is that 
they held the exact truth yeah. away from her for so long. And like there, there, I've known kids that have reached the age of like, let's say between 16 and 18. And they just found out something for the first time. Some like big news. And it's like, you didn't fucking tell me this a long time ago. Why? I've been living a lie. You know, you're like your father's not your father. You, I, not in my case, listener. <laughs> no, but I, for people out there, I'm yeah, assuming that that, that could be something we're talking about. So. That's exactly the route I'm going with that. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> 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 no. yeah, and you know, it's like you, you could have saved some of this pain, or I could have, you know, processed it, some of it. Now I got a whole lifetime I got to figure out that I didn't know. Mm. It's oh, but man, the stuff with Michelangelo like getting to Hirosho and just. Just like panels of just dead bodies everywhere. This is pure from this point on brutality. I I I loved it. I did not like to cover this issue, but I enjoyed yep. this. Shit is hitting the fan. Uh, Mikey's leaving a a path of blood and bodies in his wake as he goes and finds his nemesis. I loved it. I loved everything leading up to it. Just watching him go up these stairs and just fight. And and that's when he talks about how these people are. You know. Like you said earlier, they're not loyal. They they lost the will. Like they're just they weren't trained to face this monster that they're fighting. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to. They had robots. And I thought at first that giant guardy face was a robot, but I guess it wasn't because it because it bleeds and then, then he gets hit by a robot that really reminded me of Wing. Is it Wingding or Wingbat or who oh, oh, this knight? It's not. It's not it. But it reminded me of of him. Of him. Oh, kind of like the mass shape. Of the yeah, I can't remember the guy's name. It's a really dumb name, though. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but I it's bothering me now. Uh, Wingding is it? I yeah, know. I think it, I think it is that stupid Wingding or something. Yeah, it's stupid. All name. the old cartoons. And you know, he was only made probably. I'm betting you because of toys. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I should know. I had his toy. So, uh, and then finally, Michelangelo gets up. Oh, to... I'm sorry. I thought you meant oh. the knight, not this mechanic. No, not the knight, the flying yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I got it. I got you. Yeah. It really no, that, makes, that. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, the knight just reminded me of a Final Fantasy boss or something. So. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Or like something like a Dark Knight or something. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Not something that I would see in Turtles, but it's fine. That is not befitting of Turtles whatsoever, but I'll take it. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I like how he kills him with his own sword, though. He's like, I need a bigger weapon. No, he no, he kills. He uses the sword to kill the robot. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. He kills him with a with a side Raphael side right in the face, right in the neck, in the weak point. And then this is when you he finally gets up to Hirosho, and then Hirosho just kills Karai in front of him to show yeah. he hates her. I guess mm-hmm. uh, you showed me a screen, uh, not a screenshot, but like an image of this shredder before I got to it. Yep. I was very confused. Or it really looked like something out of fucking Predator and Terminator combined. And then I read the issue. I'm like, yep, because Hiroshi's wearing armor that's essentially like liquid metal armor. Like think of Terminator Two. It's like T2. I've never Tron, seen that whole movie. Tron and T2. <laughs> Watching them fight though, like just the panels of them just beating the shit out of each other. They fall out of the tower. They just keep fighting. This is some good reading here. It's great stuff. It's not even really reading. It's more of just action, but it's great. <laughs> It's a great conclusion just to, to see. Uh, it's almost a whole book of them just fighting. They fight for a lot of pages and you have mm-hmm. other shit happening. But it is so damn cool to watch them fight. They're like sliding down a fucking synthwave building. <laughs> like it's yeah. how fucking cool is that? And he can't beat like he can't even beat him really. Like he can't get through the armor. It is until he attaches a, a freaking like grenade to his hand and he stabs him in the hand. But it doesn't really affect them that much. Let's have the the turtles in the the new version of the comics team up with Batman Beyond. 
That's <laughs> essentially kind of what this is. Uh, it's it's all I can kind of think of is kind of like I've read a lot, like a decent amount of Batman Beyond comics. And this reminds me of it a lot. Okay, that's fair. I do like how he also uses Raphael's sigh first, which again is ceremonial because he uses the I think he uses the weapons in order of what, of what they died. Does he? So, Where are we yeah. with that? Uh, first, oh, yeah. just the sigh, and then Hiroshio gets his tower blows up, and he turns his. He's more obsessed with the tower being blown up, and then Michelangelo hits him with a fucking like. It looks like a freaking weight that somebody was training with. I don't know what the hell he hits him. He hits him with something. Yeah, I don't and know. Then he, um, and then he that, stabs him with the sword. And he says, we're not going to send his regard. Is that Donnie's staff? Donnie's staff is after he throws it. Because that's not Donnie's staff. Because he oh, throws no. Donnie's staff. Yeah, what the fuck did he grab? And hits him in the face with it. It doesn't show where he got that from. No, he just pulls it out of nowhere. Okay, whatever. <laughs> During this is when you also have Casey swimming underwater to save April. Even though April's probably just fine. But still, whatever. <laughs> she is like Casey made it worse because she can't breathe that long. But they need to keep they needed to keep Casey busy essentially so Michelangelo could have this fight by himself. That's oh, essentially what it was. Yeah. I, I do like how he's about to kill him, kill Hiroshi. He picks up a freaking sewer and he's like, it's gonna cut off his head, but the guy tricks him and stabs him. He's like, I fell for this the oldest trick in the book. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then they eventually like the fight ends up leading into the sewers, and I do like how he strips off all the all the cloak and everything, and he looks just like Michelangelo and has the nunchucks. And the final part of the fight is him with nunchucks. I, yep. I thought that's that was how, good. That's how it should have went that route, and they did a good yeah. job with that. And then it goes hand to hand because the armor is just, I guess, deteriorating after all the freaking beatdown. Yeah, all the. I mean, you're getting smacked and stabbed by a gigantic <laughs> fucking mutant whose <laughs> whose uh, condition has progressed only within within those years. So yeah, it's gonna fail eventually. And Hiroshio essentially kills himself though. Because when he does the shock thing, he kills both of them. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Because he's trying to. He's trying to kill my guy. Well, he I mean, he goes, he, he's in water as he's doing it. Oh, that. yeah. So. Not very smart. You know, yeah, you're going to be conductive also. And you're covered in metal, too. So you're going to be extra conductive. You're wet, covered in metal. Well, there you go. That's why he died first. <laughs> and then we get to watch Mikey sadly die. Yeah. I really appreciate how in the book earlier it said no peace, and then he writes, he changes it and puts K N W or K W in there to say no peace. I loved it, you know. And he says it would teach you all he knew, but last, but last lesson is mine, most important of all, no peace, and that's very real. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. And then he dies. He dies with Casey and April there, and you see the scene that you saw earlier in issue one. But this time he wakes up in the sewer with the other turtles and Splinter's there and Casey's there. Yep. At, at the age and and that they must have been at their happiest. Yeah. When they were teenagers and we, you know, it's it was such a good it's such a good ending to the main thing. Yeah. And yeah, Casey, they're all standing on the roof, just like the end of the first movie. <laughs> uh, of course, that's reference. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have the epilogue where Casey's training, and then you see that she has four new turtles. She's, for some reason, raising turtles that are, you know, I well, assume, be mutated. So you, you see the, mute, the mutagen here behind uh, her in one panel, and then on the side of her in another. I don't really care for that, but yes. Yeah, you will later. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll see. What, new turtles? <laughs> yes. Uh, you'll be fine. That's what the lo- is that what the Lost Years is? Does that talk about the new turtles? Sure does. Okay, and then there's going to be the last Ronin two, which is coming out also, which I think we'll talk about the new turtles. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll jump. It'll be probably revolving around them. It has to revolve around them. Yeah, well, it can't be the original turtles; they're all dead. 
Right. So <laughs> other or or was it gonna do like focus around Casey? No, people want to see the turtles. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else is nobody else is concerned. And that wraps up the last Ronin. That's it. <laughs> Hell of a ride. Yeah, I mean, I waited years. I thought this had been out for a lot longer than it had been. I didn't realize it just finished last year. Yeah, it seems like it's been out for quite some time. I mean, like you said, though, April of 2022, I mean, that, that is quite some time. You're looking at it over a year and a half now, mm-hmm. so. But, like, the Lost Years came out, like, really fast, because that's, that's five issues and then one special, and that's all done. That's already all finished. Mm-hmm. So they, they went much faster on that one than they did on the other one, so. And I was glad to read it. And I also have I also ordered a Funko Pop of the last Ronin two before we read this was in, 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 in anticipation, which is to the left of me. If I ever meet Kevin Eastman, that's what I'm gonna have him sign. If that ever nice. happens. That's my plan. If he ever shows up somewhere that I'm at at a convention, that's what he's signing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else for him to sign. I don't really I don't have any turtle Funko Pops actually, besides that one. So yeah. All right, we should go to our last segment, Shelf Stacker Box, and why don't you go first? Well, like I said uh, just a little bit ago, it was a hell of a ride. So um everything I, I wanted as as an adult, a, like a lifelong Turtles fan, I'm glad it was gritty. I'm glad it was brutal. I'm glad it had that retro synthwave '80s feel to it. Gave me everything I wanted for the most part. So, uh, but definitely, uh, without a question, shelve it. All right, I'm gonna put this in the stack. I enjoyed it, but it's a little too dark for me at times. But it is a very very good comic. So let's go in the stack. And I'm glad to finally have read it. Finally. <laughs> I still can't get over that. I thought it was out for a lot longer than it was until just now. <laughs> I did not realize it took two years for this thing to come out. Surprise. So I was really surprised. October 2020 to April 2022. It, to me, it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like that, but hey, can't can't go against the uh, dates. <laughs> no. And there is a game in development for The Last Ronin 2 at some point. Yeah, so, uh, I'm we'll excited see. for it. I, it's I'm not going to sit here and get... By who is it? It's published by THQ Nordic, who is owned by the Embracer Group, which I think is having some problems right now. So sure, I, I'm not expecting anything from it at all. I just I'm hoping, I'm really hoping it's good, and I will wait for reviews to decide if I will ever buy it. I'll buy it for sure, not fifty or sixty, seventy. No, no, no. When it's ten bucks before on a sale on Steam, I will buy it, hundred percent. Oh, if those, if it's actually absolutely garbage, I don't think I'll waste the ten dollars. I will. You know me. I haven't changed. I just went digital and have a giant, gigantic digital collection of games. Well, yep, to, to the point to where you forget you even own the shit. That has happened recently, yes. And I went, oh yeah, I own this. And then I went and played it. So yes, it does happen. I can't help myself. There are some things about me that will never change. And that's one of them. Yeah, yeah not, uh, not surprised at all. <laughs> I was like that when we were kids. And I'm about to be 36. And I'm still like that. So some things just don't change. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. And... When you hear this, go check out our other all our other Turtles content that we have. We have lots and lots of Turtle content that you can go listen to at this point. There's over 500 episodes of this podcast on Podbean. That's a lot of fucking episodes. Search TMNT. You'll find all that. Search Star Wars. We have all that. Metal Gear Solid. We covered a bunch of those, too. Just start searching things. You never know what you're going to find. We do movies, comics, TV shows, whatever the hell can be, people convince me or I convince people to talk about with. So. Go check out our giant catalog. You want to support the show, we do a Patreon. A little dollar, you can vote in our Patreon poll. You'll see a link in the show notes to that. Also, we have a Discord. Please join our Discord. you see a link in the show notes to that. Also, it's a fun thing, fun time, so please join that. Uh, want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Helena Hathfear. You'll see a link You'll see a link to her TikTok and everything else in the link tree. Definitely go check her out. Uh, want to please support. Also, please follow A Gamer Looks at 40. Uh, Bill Tucker's been on the show many times on his own podcast. And check out the Nomads of Fantasy, another great podcast. 
And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, and YouTube. Audio only, but we are on YouTube. And rate reviews wherever you get us. I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.